Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. The U.S. has a long history with cartoon mascots. And not just Tony the Tiger or that rabbit who peddles all the cereal. For a long time, cartoons, especially cartoon animals, have taught us lessons too. Whether paid for by the feds or by nonprofits, scores of animals have been printed on t-shirts and educational coloring books or turned into costumes to be worn at elementary school assemblies. Smokey the Bear, McGruff the Crime Dog, and lesser known characters like Milkshake the Cow and Franklin the Fair Housing Fox. By the way, we didn't make that last one up. And then there's Woodsy, a friendly owl in a Peter Pan cap who always reminds us. Give a hoot, don't pollute. Woodsy is a mascot of the United States Forest Service and was created in 1970 to solve a problem. Before Woodsy the Owl, there was someone else you've probably heard of, Smokey the Bear. Smokey debuted in a 1940s public service announcement produced by the Forest Service. Back then, he was a grim-faced grizzly with a less-than-stellar catchphrase. Smokey says, care will prevent nine out of ten forest fires. Alterations were soon made. He kept that drab khaki campaign hat, the one that's issued to all forest rangers. But the lines of his bare face were softened, and he was given a much better pitch. By 1950, every American child would have been familiar with Smokey the Bear's call to action. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. For a federal mascot, he had quite the reach. He'd appear between Saturday morning shows and was printed on Fire Safety Week materials handed out at primary schools. He could be seen on posters all over the United States. There was one problem. The U.S. Forestry Service wanted to tackle more than just fire. 
They were facing ongoing pollution problems in national parks and along roads, waste piling up as the U.S. highway system expanded. And it would have been very convenient to have Smokey toss out a warning or two regarding litter. But according to author Jamie Lewis, there were strict federal regulations regarding Smokey's use. The bear could talk fire, but that was it. So, in 1970, the Forestry Service was in the market for a new mascot, and a Los Angeles-based team got to work. The New York Times wrote that the plans for the new mascot were drawn on location. That is, on a TV set of the show Lassie, a long-running show that filmed in California. Lassie starred a heroic collie who was very fond of rescuing children from wells, most especially her owner, Timmy. On the show, Timmy's father was a forest ranger, and there were plenty of action scenes surrounding his occupation. So there were rangers on set to act as consultants. It was a perfect situation. A room full of creatives, marketers, and forestry employees gathered together just when the federal government was looking for an exciting new idea. And the Lassie team was happy to oblige. In fact, there was a marketing agent often on set named Harold Bell, who was an amateur cartoonist. According to writer Jamie Lewis, it was Bell who helped the three forestry employees, Chuck Williams, Glenn Kovar, and Betty Height, design the prototype for the spokes owl who came to be known as Woodsy. Their team first considered other animals. According to author Dennis Hevesy, the other contenders were a raccoon, a bull elk, a rainbow trout, and a ladybug. But an owl had the right feel. Wise. It felt like the best choice. Though no one ever mentions it, we imagine that Harold Bell, an ad man, would have quickly realized that any raccoon worth his salt would want Mother Nature absolutely filled with trash. The journey from concept to spokes owl goes like this. Harold Bell drew the earliest pictures of Woodsy. Remember, he was a hobby cartoonist, and the group collectively came up with the slogan. Give a hoot, don't pollute. Some sources will give Forest Service agent Chuck Williams the primary credit for Woodsy's catchphrase, but the development was a team effort. Betty Height designed the first mascot costume, and all four opinions were taken into account. And so... Woodsy the Owl made his debut on Earth Day 1971, a year after his creation. He, like Smokey the Bear, made his way into ad campaigns and Saturday morning cartoons and even public appearances, smiling for pictures with glassy-eyed children. In 1974, Congress passed a law protecting Woodsy's image and slogan from commercial use. So he continued to benignly serve the nation for the next several decades, gently suggesting we drop our litter in the proper receptacles. Harold Bell passed away in 2009 at age 90. Soon, fond tributes discussed his contributions to the Forestry Service and his first sketches of the cheerful woodland owl. And the tale of Woodsy the Owl would have been just that. Except for one strange thing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. News of Belle's death and Woodsy's 40th anniversary coalesced into a number of retrospective articles. Some more focused on the character and others on the breadth of Bell's advertising contributions. But there was an odd addendum to some of these pieces, way down in the internet comment sections, when and where those were available. Apparently, these articles had sparked a strong public response. But not about Harold Bell's legacy or Woodsy the Owl's quality or even hot takes on Earth Day. Not precisely. Instead, there were scores of people, some angry, some confused, some disappointed, and even bemused. All claimed, individually, to have had the same experience. Harold Bell and his friends couldn't have created Woodsy the Owl or the catchphrase, Give a hoot! Don't pollute! And here's why. Each of these commenters swore They had come up with the slogan, or the character, or both. As schoolchildren, they were given Earth Day assignments before Woodsy's official debut. Some claimed to have won school-wide or statewide contests with their owl art. Others had sent their art off to some government entity, only to be told that they wouldn't be getting it back. But they all remembered writing that famous mantra. There's an example of this phenomenon in the comment section of Jamie Lewis's article on his blog, Peeling Back the Bark, exploring the collections, acquisitions, and treasures of the Forest History Society. In a profoundly innocuous article on Harold Bell's legacy, Lewis discusses the origin of the slogan, its introduction, and the enduring popularity of Woodsy. If you were to read only to Lewis's final thoughts, the experience would be downright wholesome. Scroll a little further, though, and things get very weird. The first comment is a lovely response from the Bell family, thanking Lewis for his coverage. But then, the other replies start. The first is a direct response to the Bell family. My sister's name is Kathleen Boudouin. In the 1969-70 school season, my sister's fourth grade class took part in a contest to represent the upcoming founding of Earth Day. Kathy was informed that her poster won that contest nationally. Her poster creation was an owl sitting on a branch with a thought cloud above its head and the phrase, Give a hoot, don't pollute. The phrase was taken from our grandmother's favorite saying, I don't give a hoot and holler. And then... Funny! 
I made the same poster in second grade. Owl tree balloon with the phrase give a hoot don't pollute. However, my poster was never returned after it went to the art gallery. And then. The above is a lie. The give a hoot don't pollute woodsy owl was created by a grade school kid at Breckenridge Elementary School in Louisville, Kentucky. I know firsthand as I was in school when he made the poster. And then. My dad always said my sister was the first person to create the phrase give a hoot don't pollute and Woodsy the Owl when she won the contest while my family was living in Frankfurt, Germany. I also remember the poster my sister made that featured the owl with the German hat for the contest. It is truly the same owl and the same phrase my sister used before anyone else did. Maybe someone should give her credit where credit is due. There are 40 comments on this post, and the vast majority are written by people who precisely remember the spring afternoon when they, or less often, a classmate, created one of America's favorite slogans. These comments have spilled over into the Woodsy Wikipedia page and various Reddit threads. Story after story, from all over the country, each person absolutely certain that they had invented it all. There were slight variations. A few recalled calling their owls Hootie, or not naming the bird at all. But otherwise, the stories are very uniform. The U.S. Forestry Service eventually addressed this little-known, if intense, controversy in their Woodsy at 40 retrospective. And they made themselves clear. In the Forestry Service's official view, the real origin story isn't up for debate. But they have a guess or two as to why so many people might remember creating the iconic spokes owl. They write that the service never ran an Earth Day contest, but that a children's book publisher might have, or any number of other organizations. After all, Earth Day was a new and momentous holiday. The first Earth Day was proposed in April of 1970. Woodsy was designed by May of that year. Though a few schools here and there might have marked the first Earth Day in 1970, organized celebrations would have certainly begun in April of 1971, the same year Woodsy officially debuted. His ad campaign launched in September, after the students would have completed their Earth Day projects. But Unofficially, he was already in the public eye. He'd appeared on a smaller scale, in regional publications, or in stories about his development, popping up here and there since his May 1970 birth. Maybe some students had seen those early images before Woodsy had been widely circulated. Maybe some kind of spokesal osmosis had occurred. The second theory is that an annual coloring contest, which originally featured Smokey the Bear, might have further confused the children. Woodsy made his first appearance in that contest in 1974 as a joint effort from the Forest Service and the National Garden Clubs. It could be that students remembered coloring those pictures and somehow, years later, the memories converged. But those explanations don't sit well with the folks who still call the Forest Service every now and then, asking after all manner of things. Royalties, recognition, maybe just an apology, 
for a 50-year-old theft. It doesn't matter how often the documented story of Woodsy is trotted out, with sketches and notes and letters as proof. The believers seem to know in their hearts that they wrote the slogan that shaped a nation and stopped legions of would-be polluters. Why would so many of them have the same memory of the same moment in time, the same unreturned artwork, the same contest, the same prize? What was happening in 1971? There's no word on whether Woodsy's contemporary slogan, Lend a hand! Care for the land has invited similar controversy. But it's unlikely, don't you think? It just doesn't have the same ring to it. Join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers. From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. Our show is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and the enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll find monthly full-length bonus episodes and exclusive blog posts about mysteries that we don't cover on the show.